0: It certainly was therapeutic. The reason why I would also say it was spiritual is that it was sort of like transcendent to me. Mm. Like it wasn't. There was a part of me in that experience was watching it happen and and almost like bringing myself through. It. I also was saying, "Nobody stop me. Nobody stop me. This is this is powerful. This is important." There was a divine sort of part of that experience that that knew that what was happening was bigger than just mm-hmm. you know like a, like an emotional release
1: the amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak they talk to you they will answer questions carry on conversations psilocybin so just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up
2: Today's guest is the eminent Brian Buford. Brian is the Executive Director for University Culture and Employee Success at the University of Louisville, Kentucky. With 35 years of university service, he has dedicated his career to building a campus community where all students, faculty, and staff feel welcome, safe, and included. Brian opened Kentucky's first staffed LGBT Center in 2007, which earned a five-star rating on the Campus Pride Index six years in a row spearheading the effort to being named the most LGBT welcoming campus in the United States by LGBT Outfitters. In 2020, Brian launched the Employee Success Center, dedicated to making the university a great place to work by offering opportunities for personal and professional growth to faculty and staff. He is a certified Gallup Clifton Strengths Coach, chairs the Leadership Louisville Inclusion Council, is the host of Employee Success Podcast, and is a frequent guest speaker and consultant on issues of employee engagement, diversity and equity, and LGBTQ inclusion. You're listening to Psilocybin Says. To support it, subscribe on YouTube and podcasts, and stay connected on Instagram and TikTok. And now, please welcome Brian Buford.
3: All
1: right, here we are, Brian. (laughs) Welcome to Psilocybin Says.
3: Thank Welcome you. Welcome to our home yeah. studio. <laughs> I love it. Your forest, your forest. <laughs>
1: yes. just, did you notice the boa constrictor in there? I. You I didn't how, how you see feel it. Out? I
0: knew something had to be in there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't spotted it yeah, yet.
0: It's okay. We can check it uh, out later. Okay.
3: There's got to be a reason <laughs> for all these plants behind glass. I know. I know. That's what I thought.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I'm so excited to be here. You all. You know, I know we really just met, but I feel yeah. like you've like like we're old friends. And mm we've been through this amazing thing together. Mm-hmm. So I've been so excited to see you and yeah. Yeah.
1: Really appreciated you coming into the community circles and stuff as well. Seeing you engage oh. with the community. Yeah. did not That's tell you. right. Yeah. yeah. I forgot
3: about that. Uh,
0: yeah. I, you know, it's, I feel so fortunate to be here where I can access that stuff, you know, mm-hmm. where there's a community and there are spaces. I, I absolutely couldn't wait to get to, to those afterwards and to mm-hmm. see people again and, hear people tell their stories. So, so grateful. What you all are doing is amazing, amazing work. Thank You for being a part of it,
3: yeah. That's, oh my that's what,
1: everything, what we're all doing here, yeah. That's your uh, yeah, right.
3: yeah. And it, it is so cool, like, as we were talking at the retreat recently, just figuring out that we know people, yeah. um, <laughs> just outside of sanctuary that we're connected with, um, for a long time that we're good friends with, which is just yes. adds another layer oh, to this yeah. feeling of, yes, like community and it is being oh, together.
1: I've been really curious how that individual who we won't name that you all have as mutual friends. Does she now know about your experience with?
0: I don't know. She um probably not because okay. I haven't seen her in a while. She's not. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't work together anymore. Yeah. Um, but I can't wait to mm-hmm. see her. Yeah. There's another uh, Athena from the mm-hmm. church. Um, we were like, we know each other. We know each other, and then we figured out we go. To, we work out in the same place.
3: Like, oh my right god! I didn't workout. know that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Well, you
1: know the thing. That we're finding is this is even though it's happening right here in louisville like that it's also happening around the country we've got in maine just found out that there are three members who are right very close to each other in maine and they're all going to be going to a, a fungi fest uh, oh up in maine goodness. one of them's gonna be talking mm-hmm. there we've got people in the southwest that are starting to connect so yeah it's, it's just such a wonderful thing seeing community so cool. build
3: yeah, and on on discovery calls more and more recently. Yeah, because we'll have the uh, as part of membership. You know, on the fifth step, as you know, is to have a group call. Yes, where you can ask all your questions and everything. And more and more, I mean, they're getting bigger and bigger and more frequently. Yeah, and more and more people are seeing each other on the calls, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh my gosh, you're becoming a member of Sanctuary." I know you. Oh my gosh, like, That's so uh, I had no idea. And it's just every time it happens, I'm like, "Wow, yeah, this is so." So good, it it feels is so good. Oh, so,
0: it's so beautiful to see that happen. I mean, the group I met was from all over the place, mm-hmm. really, and just that. And then you know, people that live down the street from me or mm-hmm. work out at the same place that I do. Like that's pretty incredible. So, yeah. so tell our, tell
1: our audience, Brian. Like, how did you even come in to to the mushroom? How did you get to where we are right now?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's so it's interesting because um, had you. Had anybody told me even six months ago that I'd be having this conversation, or I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have believed it. I wasn't at all in my thinking or my, you know, just wasn't on my radar at all. But like I've been on this long spiritual journey in my life and like really just you know, thinking about um, you know what my life is all about and my purpose. I've been um, working through past trauma and PTSD. And so I don't know, like, I guess like a lot of people now, um, like I think of myself as like sort of a mainstream kind of person that like read Michael Pollan's book and Mm -hmm. um, started to, uh, I heard like an NPR report that, uh, psilocybin was, you know, on the verge of being legalized in some places as as a treatment option, and so I it just started. You know how like what you know, like that synchronicity when you start to think about something, and then it just starts popping up in mm-hmm. all these different places. And then as it turns out, the you know my therapist, um, who's amazing, is also like just looking at the the value of psilocybin as a trauma, you know, as a treatment for trauma, and so. I mean, really, that way, and then I just did the old-fashioned like Google search, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I started finding that, you know, finding out about ways to connect with other people, and that's how I found you all. And I was, you know, I just saw like Sanctuary, and um, I thought, well, I like, I wonder where this even is. I like when you just fr- first mm-hmm. pull it up, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my gosh, this is in my town. Like, yeah, this is where I live. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I try and imagine myself like 10 years ago when I was first Mm -hmm. starting to practice with the mushroom, having that experience and the joy that I would have (laughs) felt seeing a community Like, forming people. Not me. I'd have been a total fucking skeptic. It's already started.
1: (laughs) Church and (laughs) mushrooms? No Uh way. True. Maybe not.
3: You uh, never know. (laughs) uh,
1: I would have been, like, we have a a lot of people who say, I've been watching you all for, like, six or eight months, Mm -hmm. and I've checked out some stuff, and now I'm feeling comfortable. I would have been that person. It would have taken me time. I'm so skeptical of religion because of the trauma that I've been through of yeah. religion. The psychedelic groups tend to be a little—I don't know—I don't want to be too generalizing here, but there's there's a lot of there's a lot of woo out there, and I'm <laughs> I'm I'm becoming more woo woo, but I, I'm, I've historically not been so.
3: Yeah, and, ago, insert in clip of Eric meditating with the crystal skull. This morning. <laughs> I, I just listened. <laughs> oh, so, busted. here's the other weird thing is that I'm a fan of the podcast. So, I've been
0: listening to you so to be here like Aww. actually on it is really cool. You. And I was like, I know that I know you're I know you're not a mainstream. <laughs> I mean, I know you're not a woo-woo guy and so that's like very comforting to me. I'm like a I don't know, like I my personality in some ways is once I found like, once I found it, I'm like a gas pedal. I want to mm-hmm. just go. Like, I, how mm-hmm. fast can I mm-hmm. How fast can I get there? Mm-hmm. And so it's really, honestly, just been a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, it ha- I just had just met the threshold, the time threshold to go on the retreat, like by the skin of my teeth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's the
1: backstory, though? What brought, what, as much as you're willing to share about your personal journey that brought you to investigate psilocybin, I would love to share that with our listeners.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you know... Um, a lifetime, you know, a really a lifetime of spiritual searching, um, and and starting my searching in all the traditional church spaces. I grew up um, in a Christian family, um, going to a Southern Baptist church, and, and embracing at hard, you know, just um, like I was a very serious kid about uh, about. Um, religion and the Bible and and living a good life. I mean, I, I I wasn't playing around. I was like in it, you know, I was fully mm-hmm. in it. And um, I went to a Christian college. I moved here to go to seminary and become a pastor. Like I was on this very like, you know, focused trajectory that that's what my life was about. It was about ministry and about serving others. And then sort of the, um, the wrench in the system was that I also, you know, um, as a, even as a, a very small kid, was just you know like my gender expression, the way I sort of moved through the world just set just singled me out as somebody who's different, um, who's not like you know normal as we would think. And I always always knew that I was different, or I would have thought something's wrong with me. I think like a like the theme of uh, the, like the ongoing sort of voice in my head was always something's wrong with you. And, and like, honestly, like that was reflected back to me too. People said like, you're not doing it right. That's not you, boys. Don't boys mm-hmm. don't do that. Boys mm-hmm. don't act like that. You know, I, um, so family and church and school, I mean, you talk about mm-hmm. like religious, um, like being skeptical about religious um, identity. It was like the, the worst things that ever happened to me were from churches and mm. Mm. preachers and you know christian people it took me my whole life i moved here i was in seminary i was a, i was getting through the process of getting admitted to seminary before i could like put a word to it and to know that that would that i was gay i, I identified as gay um And that you know, I and I was in my late twenties, so I was like a really late bloomer. I had just always known like something's wrong. Something's not clicking here in my life. But um, I'll you know I'll figure it out, or you know I'll get married, and then all the pieces will fall Mm -hmm, in place, mm -hmm. and it'll all make sense. But of course, that Mm. you know that doesn't happen. So so I had like a huge sort of um, crisis in my life of being these two identities that don't really coexist very well, like a. I wanted to be a pastor, a Southern Baptist pastor. And like, I'm coming out of a closet as a gay man, which are mm-hmm. like, these are not, <laughs> not, not compatible. Not, yeah. not, <laughs> these little boys who are like,
3: this isn't gonna work out. <laughs> they don't have like a whole like whole like chapter on that in <laughs> the Southern Baptist yeah, seminary, on seminary on how to, to be integrate gay. <laughs> Yeah, man, talk about, integra- <laughs> talk
0: about integrating. Okay. Like, those could not be integrated. Be-
1: before you go too much further though, um, like, I'm if you don't mind, I'm just super curious. Yeah. Cause that had to have been such a tumultuous time for you. And I'm wondering if you can even just share like what it was what was it like when you acknowledged yourself like yeah. for the first time? And it, that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah.
0: It it was um the most difficult thing I ever did. I mean, it was, it was just, you know, I, I teach and talk a lot about LGBT identity, work with a lot of LGBT people and speak to groups a lot. And I sometimes say <clears throat> that being an LGBT person, you know, is the only identity where uh, the world might hate you, you know, other people might hate you, your family might hate you, and God might hate you you know, in other marginalized communities, you can sometimes go home to a family that shares that identity and loves and embraces you, or, you know, at least at the end of the day, you know, God loves you. But Mm -hmm. all the messages I got was that Mm -hmm. if if you're gay, like, God does not love you. That is not okay. You're going to hell. And so, like, the thought of losing friends and family and, like, you know divine love is i mean there's nothing harder than that Mm -hmm. so i i it was a really dark time um a really really dark time fortunately i found um i mean we talk about community having a community of support i found a community of support here and i started that journey of coming out it was a long process and then later i think because i always felt like I had a calling to service and to, you know, um, helping other people. I started to find my identity in that, like um, working with other LGBT people, helping people come out, Mm. um, teaching, you know, um, others what it means to be LGBT, helping educate and helping schools, you know, um, all just understand what it means to be an ally to people who are LGBT. Mm -hmm. So... So that was sort of my pathway through um, that darkness. Was just the still coming back to that other identity that I could be some kind of minister or some kind of servant. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow.
3: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you're so courageous to do that. I know that so many people never do that. Yeah, their whole lives. Yeah, and they're just so afraid and uh, yeah. of the consequences, and to see someone like you who's done it, and then. Went on to mentor people. I mean, I'm still fairly young. You said in your late twenties. Mm-hmm. What year that's was that? really Devon really young. To- that was um 1988.
1: Yeah. So I was say. Okay. That's like- yeah.
0: So I'm 59. I grew up. You know, I was a kid in the late 60s, early 70s, and I will tell you, you know, there couldn't have been a more difficult time to be a a, a gay child or even just a even a boy that didn't act like a boy. You know, act like this idea that. In some Mm -hmm. ways, I think the world has come a long, long way. We Mm -hmm. have a lot more space for men um, to express, you know, gentleness and Mm -hmm. and emotional connectedness. I think we've come a long way. I think we're also like, we haven't come a long way. It's sort of, Mm -hmm. I think both things are true. Like Mm -hmm. it's a whole different world. But if you're a little gay child um, in rural Kentucky somewhere, it may feel like the Exact same world that mm. it yeah. was for mm. me in 1972,
3: you know, totally. Yeah, in Jamaica, I oh, mean, oh, good god, that's a whole yeah, yeah that's uh, that's back in yeah. what are they 30s. living in the in the 30s? Yeah. As far yeah. as that goes, yeah. there's no so way you, you have a chance, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And so. even I think even in the public schools here right now, that they're you know, kids are pretty, uh, pretty hard on each other.
2: Oh, and, yeah,
1: you know, so mm-hmm. it
2: wouldn't,
1: I don't think it'd be anything for. How you know, if you want, you know, whatever a child who was not expressing the norm uh, no. to get ridiculed. So,
3: we were just talking yesterday about doing a whole episode on the divine feminine and how that impacts yes, all of us. You know, yes. no matter uh, if you're in a male body or female body or whatever, like, it's just our expression of the feminine is it impacts everything, yeah. mm. all walks
0: of life, Yeah, so. You know, the research is, um, it's really interesting, even though I do think that many things have changed. Um, we see more positive images of LGBT people. You know, there's a lot of growth, but um, the research is pretty clear that um, kids are are committing suicide at the same rate now that really? they have for decades, four times the national average. You know more much more likely to be bullied in school mm. LGbt focused bullying is mm. still as prevalent of it as it ever was. you know um, um being homeless, all the things we don't want kids to go through the 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 needle hasn't moved very much for them. so you know that's where I think we and i I mean, honestly, right now, I think it's even getting worse because we have sort of this national climate right now, especially for trans kids Mm. that are, you know, it's the level of intolerance is just Mm. out the roof. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. It's a lot of the way I'm like seeing it from the outside. Um, Like once information comes to light, like once we admit to ourselves, like this is, a reality that some of us express this way and feel this way, then uh, there's like a okay. Well, now we have to deal with all of our pre-existing feelings about that and yeah. admit that you know we're uncomfortable with that, or mm. you know, and that's like who knows how long that'll take. But I'm well, I sure mean, look at the so civil far.
1: rights. I mean, we're we're still, yeah, still you know, still experiencing the reverberations of. Um, Segregation, that's right, even slavery, you know. I mean, women, my god, women, it's it's blows me away. <laughs> it's like how
0: <laughs>
1: women didn't have like the suffrage movement and the right to vote in the 20s, yeah. And we're still so far away from, yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, sometimes it sucks to be a white dude that's like. <laughs> Here I am. So I, wish I, I wish I was gay or so
3: something, man. Like, like, That's yeah. why you have to wear shirts with interdimensional beings on them. There you go. Find your minority. No, I, I, I really
1: enjoy my role um, as I see myself as in a subversive role. You know, I yes. always, had, you know, John Brown, you're familiar with the historical figure, John Brown, who was the abolitionist. Uh, oh right, who, right, who, yes. He was like in middle school. Yep. I was like, that's my white boy right there. That's, that's my right. dude. And I still like that's that's what I identify with, you yeah. know. Uh and psychedelics have been a vehicle of that for for me. So uh go ahead, where are gonna
3: Yeah, I was uh so thinking back to when uh you were coming out and you mentioned the community here in Louisville and you found your community in Louisville, um how was it like? Did you experience? Did you have therapy at the time? Was that like? Uh, I mean, me- the mental health movement is still mm-hmm. so recent. Yeah. So I'm wondering what that experience was like for you. I I
0: did. I had. Um. I mean, it's a it's a a whole story of its own. I had mm-hmm. a, an initial terrible experience with a therapist who um said it wasn't a good idea for me to be gay
3: try what? to <laughs> this what? is what i'm don't, curious what? About. don't do
0: don't do that um what and my therapeutic goal this is like really just amazing was to try to find a girl that i could you know wow. have a great Holy sexual experience if i could just have good sex with a girl i'd be okay so was this a religious wow. therapist no no this was not um and so, uh, I mean, in a way, I look back and think, well, maybe he was brilliant, because the more he sort of pushed me in this direction of, like, go find a girl, <laughs> like, no, I'd, be, I'd be <laughs> like, oh, no, no. So I was I like, well, maybe he knew. Think that, <laughs> I mean, like, the absurdity of, like, being, like, I was in, like, in, I was in grad school at the time, so uh, I'd be in a class, like, looking around the room thinking, like, I don't know. I don't, ma- maybe, I don't know. Like, I was, I'm trying uh, to, like, size up all the right. girls in my class thinking, like, I, 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 I don't, like that's never going to happen. Was
1: homosexuality was listed as a mental illness in the D, uh, DSM? for a- it, it was
0: um, until what is it like the early eighties? I mean, surprisingly recent, it
2: mm-hmm. was still
0: considered a mental illness and he was still operating under that right. sort of mindset, but it, it was not in the DSM three at that point. He should have known better, but yeah, so I did, you know, and then I found good therapists and, and, have been sort of throughout my life, you know, really on both a spiritual journey, looking for, you know, spiritual experiences. Of course, I, I left. That's the other sort of um, grief process is I had to leave my spiritual community, mm-hmm. my mm. church community, my, you know, I wasn't, I'll tell you this. I went to a, a Southern Baptist college and I told some of my my friends from college, some of whom were here also in seminary, you know, that I, that I was gay that I was coming out and those friends like in 24 hours I had n- no f- no friends mm-hmm. <laughs> those folks were like absolutely not we're not even gonna have the conversation you you either like repent or we can't see you anymore so mm-hmm. so it was a very fast kind of like Loss, it would just like in a day, it was like all that was gone. Oh, um, <clears throat> and then just looking for other traditions and other ways to have a spiritual identity,
3: yeah. So, how did you ever come across any like spiritual communities before sanctuary that you felt I did? Accepted? I mean, you know, that I
0: think the good thing is there is in every and just about every faith tradition, um there are queer people who are within the system. So, you know, there are Catholic, you know, gay Catholics and queer Baptists. And I mean, there are people sort of, you know, continuing to gather and connect. Mm -hmm. I think more and more, I don't know this, I think for me more and more and more, like the idea of an organized experience, like I started to be less and less trusting of organized, faith communities especially christian ones so i was looking like to you know like native experiences or i just started to or buddhist practices that um there were less spaces to gather in here but that's what i felt more drawn toward and i just i think because of my experience with of losing those relationships and losing those connections were so was so painful it's like i'm not you know mm-hmm. i don't I'm sh- I'm sure I have sworn a million times I would never join another church. So hello, <laughs> yeah, hello, sanctuary. I was like, this is you know the first time I ever even thought about mm. like rejoining a group of folks.
3: Wow, what in an like honor. an
0: official way, you know.
3: Wow, I mean, yeah. I can I can imagine how hard that would be to yeah. just let your walls down and. Allow yourself to connect with people again, like you're saying, after losing so many people so quickly. Yeah, that's really that's hard. that's
1: what's hard for me to imagine is just having like that everybody gone at once. Yeah, you know?
3: I mean, we kind of um, obviously not the same, but we kind of experienced that after we were arrested. Um, a lot in, of in our ways, community in ways. kind of yeah. sure. dropped off overnight. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure. I mean, my par- my parents paranoia. still
1: would like. Come and see me and that kind of stuff, you know. But like to have like your family, your yes, community, and then like that the that idea of God, you know, like even your creator no longer wants you. Like,
0: yeah.
1: I don't know, man. I just really it 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 helps to provide uh a deeper understanding of some of your experience on the retreat, I think, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Which I was gonna say, like you went to did a lot of therapy, but it seemed like there was still quite a bit
0: of processing. to do. Oh my do. goodness! <laughs> I'm so you know, I'm like I'm so glad we're getting to talk about this too because mm-hmm. I do feel like like everything was leading me to mm-hmm. that riverbank, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that moment, and what I couldn't have predicted what was going to happen. I couldn't have, a, I didn't have like an idea of what I expected necessarily. But as I reflect on it, it's it's just like, oh, yeah, like, of course, that's that's where I oh. found myself. That's where that experience was going to lead me to exactly what I needed, exactly where I needed to be, you know, because I think, too, like, I – I shifted. I'm like a make lemonade out of the lemons guy. I'm, po- you know, I have high positivity. I, I, you know, I love people, and so I just quickly sort of turned my pain into service to others. And I've worked with, I mean, hundreds, maybe thousands of LGBT people at this point, helping them find themselves and go on their journey. And so I just channeled all my you know, my pain and all my grief into doing that. And I sort of thought I'd, I mean, I sort of thought, well, I'm good. Like I've dealt with, I mean, I'm, I'm as out as out can be. And people love me. You know, I have friends who love me and my family loves me. And I've, I've got, you know, I've just sort of done all that. I Mm -hmm. thought, I just Mm -hmm. thought like, oh, that's good. But I think there was just this like, you know, also, I think this is true for a lot of queer people: is that they're managing in their lives, but they are still carrying that like existential pain of like, I don't belong here, Mm -hmm. I'm not wanted here, this this world is not for me, and that's I didn't I just didn't even realize that I had that much in me.
1: Mm -hmm. Can Can you share with the audience um, as much detail as you are? Willing to, I mean, I think I think walking people through the scenario from, you know, like you said, from the time you got on site yeah. uh, through the experience would have some value. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, even before being on site, it mm-hmm. was so, imp- I signed up and um, I signed up to go on the retreat. And then there was like a little, like, do you want to talk to somebody before? And I was like, I absolutely want to talk to somebody before I was trying to like gauge my safety, really, mm-hmm. um, and so um, Eric, you and I had a phone call, and it I, for me it really was like, "Hey, am I gonna be like, am I gonna be okay here?" I'm, this is who I am, and I'm, you know, I just want to be sure, like, I'm, I'm all right. And we had a great conversation, and I very quickly just like realized and recognized you as like a true ally and a somebody who I felt comfortable with. So that was, I think that was a really important part. But I was still, I've, I said this earlier, the scariest part of the whole experience for me was getting out of my car and walking into the campsite with a group of people that I didn't know and knew I was about to have a pretty powerful, vulnerable experience with. That was the scariest moment. I wasn't really nervous about my so this was my first mushroom journey. I wasn't I wasn't as much nervous about that. I was nervous about being vulnerable with a group of other people that mm-hmm. I didn't know. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's what a lot of people say when they're talking to us and they're trying to determine, should I have a private service or should I have a group? <laughs> Uh, Retreat, please say private service (laughs) because I really don't want to be vulnerable in front of other people. But that is such a big part of um, the healing component of of this.
0: Yes, I I told you this too. We had a pre um, retreat Zoom call, Mm -hmm. which was also really helpful to see other people. And, um, you know, one of the participants was a woman of color. And I was, I cannot tell you like how much comfort that brought me Mm -hmm. when I walked into the camp I almost ran to her (laughs) because I'm like we're both different like we're (laughs) we're the only ones like I didn't know I mean I don't you know I'm assuming I'm the only (laughs) one like me but but um like I think marginalized people sometimes like just seek each other out Mm -hmm. and I'm like are we going to be okay with all these white, straight people, <laughs>
3: <laughs> I got <laughs> your back, you got my basket. Basket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. what's our game plan? That's <laughs> right, that's right,
0: I'm checking the exits, yeah. <laughs> I, it, you know, my car was blocked in, I have to say, and I was so aware all the time, like, I am not going to be able to jump in the car and, like, run out of here if I need to.
1: How much of that is a regular state of mind for you?
0: I um, It is, and I don't even realize it is. Mm-hmm. I was really aware of it in that in that moment, but I think it's always I am always scanning the environment. I think I think most queer people are always kind of scanning the environment. Am I okay here? Is there anybody can I recognize anybody who's like me? Um you know, how am I going to get out if I need to? What's my exit plan? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's a pretty and, and like, think about like, just the level of like psychic stress that that For brings sure. with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've worked now with, you know, I do a lot of anti-racist work in my organization and I hear that same story from folks of color, just, you know, this sort of, um, they call it like in the research, they call it minority stress, which is the added stress of always trying to gauge like whether you belong and whether you're safe and what what are you going to do if things get out of hand Mm -hmm. yeah
1: it was such an important and valuable experience for us to live in Jamaica and be the minority for so long
0: yeah
1: it was such a valuable experience
3: that really put things into perspective for me and probably yeah, is like a so. level of
0: stress in that experience oh, too, for
3: you that you had to learn how to navigate. For sure. Yeah. When we came back, when we decided to move back late 2020, it was like, oh, uh, <laughs> so like sure yeah. Yeah. just from that alone, specifically yeah. mm-hmm. feeling a part of yeah. a part again for the first time in a, a while. Yes. So I can imagine.
0: Yep.
1: So you took some mushrooms,
0: you laughed all day. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. It, it was, was so just,
0: much fun.
3: Just like Michael <coughs> Pollan said.
0: We were, that's right. He was so right. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. We did that. We did like at the end, we did like a debrief. And it's, I, I don't know about, I mean, I am new to all this. I, I just want to keep reminding folks that I'm new. And that it's my first experience. So I'm just learning. But, um, so I don't know if it's always like this. But there was a crowd, there was a retreat group that was having a really beautiful, <laughs> hilarious, joyful, they laughed a lot, they sang and told jokes. And I was like, I I was not, I was not in that crowd, you know? Mm, no. Nah. There was like the other end of the camp where we were just retching it out, you know? <laughs> and that was it's me. pretty typical. Okay? It divides off <laughs> yeah. usually. Pretty normal? Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. You know, I... um yeah, so for me, I, um, I really started that, that you, we were sort of like picking places to be. And there was like, this is going to be the area for people who want to be in the group. And then here's some spaces for people who want to kind of go be by themselves. And I was like, I'm going with the group. You know, I'm going to be at that point. I'd really bonded with everyone. And I like, lo- you know, already sort of loved them all. And so I was like, I'm going to be with the group. Um, but I've moved away from the group and um actually i moved away kind of because i people were starting to have their experience and it was starting to be pretty powerful and nothing was happening to me and so i was like i'm getting out of here i'll Mm. go help them with the dishes or something you know i'll go help (laughs) them make make dinner um and um so i walked down to the other end and uh, sat down for a minute and i started to cry and then I started to cr- like cry harder. And then I just started to wail. I don't even know another word for it, wail. It's pretty good, yeah. and, and then I was in, I don't know, then it was like all that pain, like all that stuff that I think I had been carrying around for years and years and years was just like, it was just coming out. It was coming up and coming out. I was um, just heaving. Sometimes I was on the ground and sometimes I was like holding on to a picnic table to support me. Um, And I don't know. So one of the things it's, so it it was a solo. I mean, I was in, I was with safe people and people were watching out for me, but it was a solo experience. And one of the things that's, I just knew it needed to be. I was so that was one of the most powerful parts for me was I was able to just keep going with it. That it I think there were people who wanted to help me many times. And um I was so grateful that no one like tried to console me or comfort me necessarily, just but just allowed me to go through it. it. And it was all, I don't know. I don't even have words for it because it was like a like a real like powerful release. But I also was I wasn't scared. I was like, in in some ways, I was so happy that it was happening. It's just like when you know, like when you like I don't know, like when you finally let go of something that you've been carrying. Your it hurts, but you're you're so grateful. To let it go Mm
3: -hmm.
0: and so there was one i don't know there were a couple times when some of the other some of my fellow retreat participants i think might have wanted to come over and look after me a little bit and and i think you all like very expertly help them go, go away so that I could do it. I don't know if that, that's there, what I was, someone
1: that's right. asked me if they could go, if they could go like comfort you. Or, and I was like, no, just let me, just yeah.
3: One, me. one person who was laughing a lot, like you, the group that was laughing a lot, who on their last retreat had quite a hard time. Yeah. So this was quite the opposite experience for them. They kept saying, "Oh, Brian! Oh, can I just go over? Like, oh, just laugh with us, Brian!" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, Brian's doing it. He's yeah, doing great. I Don't was... worry about Brian. <laughs> He's yeah, got
0: it." Yeah, that's. I mean, I, this is this is your podcast. I'm not supposed to ask the questions here, but <laughs> my que- I do want to ask you, like, how did you know? Is it just from years of experience that you know, like, to when to when to comfort and when to let somebody?
1: Yeah, it's just t- intuitive. I think. I mean, I just don't want to interrupt anybody's process. And you know, the the couple minutes that I came in, and sat beside you, that was you know the the intention behind that is was I don't know if you remember what I said to you. I just I just said fuck yeah, Brian, and and left because all <laughs> I want to do is as <laughs> light touch as possible, just yeah. encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. Yep. You know. Uh, and I'm curious did you when that was happening were there specific memories coming up or was it just kind of a dump of energy
0: yeah it was it, it was it was very interesting because I maybe if I had like imagined what it would be like I imagined maybe I would see people from my past or I would have a conversation with a spiritual being or maybe I don't know maybe the the my visual, my visuals would be all like colors and I don't know, you know, whatever. And it was none of that. Like I didn't, I didn't have, my vision was perfect. Like Mm -hmm. what I saw was what was there. Mm -hmm. No one came, there were no, like nothing came to me. It was just like fire hydrant of grief, just pouring out of me. Mm -hmm. That was, that was the whole experience. And which is exactly what I, I, I know it needed to be.
3: Mm. sir. Yeah, uh, when you were having that experiencing the fire hydrant coming out, was there any inclination to like stop it? or what was your thought process as you were experiencing that outflow? Mm. There were a couple things
0: I, a couple things I was thinking about. One was I, I kept saying I, I hope. In my mind, I was like, I hope nobody stops me. I, I hope I I, I want to just go as hard and as long as I can. I hope nobody will stop me or that I'm not. And also, I mean a little bit, like I hope I'm not making everybody so uncomfortable that this mm-hmm. is like an off. I in, When you're in that moment, or at least when I was in that moment, I had no idea what others were doing. And so I didn't know if everybody was waiting for me or I it just, you just don't know. So I'm like, I, I hope everybody else is so, I hope I'm not like freaking everybody else out. Um, it, but just a little, I mean, that's like, a, just a tiny little thought. Cause it was sort of like, if I am, I'm gonna just freak them out some more. Cause I gotta,
2: <laughs> I'm just gonna
0: keep going. I'm gonna yes. keep going. <laughs> I'm just gonna do it. um, the other thing that I thought about, this is so interesting as a, you know, when we think about safety and like just identity, was that um i remember thinking the night before we had the sacrament that um you all talked a little bit about what the um the staff would be doing like you know that we'll be sort of moving around and checking on you and i i really thought in my mind like i only want to be taken care of by women like i just want like i want you know amy and court like i want to be i want the women to be close by i don't want to be in i don't want to be taken care of by men (laughs) i didn't say that to anybody but that's what in my mind it's like Mm -hmm. that's i'll feel i'll feel the most comfortable what actually happened because this is just how you know the universe is is that uh the folks who are around me most of the day were men i think straight cisgender men i don't know but um and they and it was beautiful you know I mean, you came and sat by me, Eric, and that was incredible. Um, The other folks who tended to be kind of close by were men, and it was very healing. It was very, very, I felt so close to them at the end of that experience. And I think that was just a spiritual gift to be taken care of, like for a queer man to be taken care of by not queer men who, you know, and I don't know, I I hope for like people who listen to this, it's, I love men. I, I love straight men. I'm, you know, my, I have many, many friends, but there's also like the most sort of hurtful things that happen. The most painful parts of my life were often straight men. So you sort of, you sort of develop that like distrust. And I thought this really helped. I mean, I think this was an important part of the experience.
1: How has that transla- translated, if at all, into daily life?
0: Yeah, you know, um, I I felt so much light. At the end of the experience, I felt so much lighter. I mean, I felt physically lighter, but also just like a such a load was lifted. Um, and that has really continued to be... My experience since then.
1: Well, I mean, specifically in terms of men, how, have you found yourself um, less um, concerned about stigma or you know, any of it? Or do you do you do you feel you know less resistance, maybe, or how do you describe
0: how that? I think so. I yeah, I think so. I sure feel. Um like a warmth toward those men, Mm. the men who at the retreat, um, some I've seen, you know, at the gatherings and some I've connected with since and some I haven't, but I certainly felt like this, like um, this is like a beautiful thing. Like when you really create a true community, it's healing for everybody because Mm -hmm. we can, we can um, like reconnect. We can sort of rewire that, that relationship sort of, um, pattern so that we're not so distressing, and I, I do feel like that's something that's going to be a, a profound part of that experience for me. Good, yeah.
1: How far, what are we f- three, four weeks now out from the experience? So, it's been
3: almost four weeks, okay, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> well, yeah. I mean. I am so grateful for those like Michael Pollan and all the research and the people that have the platforms that have opened the doors um, to be open to have these experiences um, even though it it's you know fraught with kind of misinformation and, and not the <laughs> full truth of things. Yeah. I am grateful for um, um, for all that. Um, but I lost my train of thought, but I was just thinking like, I was thinking about that, what you said um, when talking about the outpour of emotion and wondering, wondering what the people around, hoping you weren't interrupting them or, you know, um, just that, that awareness of like, I hope this is okay with them or they're not going to stop me. And Um, thinking about the clerics and the space and the ministers and like how we know when to not interrupt and just all the combination of the things of the the things we've talked about and thinking about just like how much we need the release and the witnessing of the release Mm, mm -hmm. um, in, in community and that is such a big part of the group experience is that that release and witnessing of the release for the person that's releasing and the people witnessing to give permission Mm -hmm. for it to happen. And when I saw you in that outpour, seeing you come in to the retreat, positive, (laughs) like you're saying, you're clearly a positive (laughs) person who has this inner (laughs) smile. And seeing you go from that to you <laughs> yeah. know, that oh, yeah. you know, yeah. that roaring of just letting it out. Yeah. Um was just so inspiring to me. Yeah. And I'm just so grateful that you did that because I do feel like you doing that did give permission to even the people laughing. Just knowing like it's okay to just express whatever it is. And we keep ourselves from doing that like most of the time. Yes. Out of fear of what's gonna be the consequence of me letting myself be me. Yeah. And letting it out. So
0: Yep. I I totally agree. I just felt like, you know, it's like the for me, like the gift of the mushroom was access like being able to access that and release it which is something i probably wanted to do and needed to do but there were just i don't know like barrier there i just couldn't i just couldn't get there um all like to do it all these years like the like the mushroom experience for me was like this pathway into my authentic self mm-hmm. and to the part of my authentic i mean i'm also like my positivity and my happy self is also my authentic authentic self but there was like a part of my authentic self that i just kept sort of over here you know off limits and certainly didn't share it with other people
3: mm-hmm.
0: and i i do think like that is when you're in a place where you can be your most like raw vulnerable self i mean this is a tribute to you all and what you all create and how i don't even know how you create it but to create a space where people can have that kind of experience of being like exactly who they are like i I think that's so beautiful i think it's so like stunningly beautiful i'm there's nothing about that experience that is not just like perfect to me and i wouldn't mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't change any of it i wouldn't change a bit about it because i know it's what was supposed to happen for me
3: mm-hmm. yeah and that's a tribute to our our community and yeah. there's just been so many people who the more that we have shown up as our authentic selves when it's been hard mm-hmm. um sharing things that aren't normal perceived as like the status quo and just doing it anyway (laughs) hoping like we'll find our people this way (laughs) you know fingers crossed and more and more people we just keep magnetizing people that are doing the same thing Mm -hmm. yeah and it's it's creating and we're only just at the beginning of sanctuary this thing we call sanctuary yeah um but it is so beautiful, and it, it hearing you say that is just it's yeah. it feels so good.
1: that is the healing space that people need that's that's the opposite of what the world provides. you know, we live in this society where we are constantly putting on masks, different masks, and it's so difficult, especially that the authentic pain right and that's the thing we're supposed to cover up, and yeah, especially. I mean, for I think it's everybody, but I know I heard so much, like you know, as a as a man, as a boy, suck it up, don't cry, go on about your business, right. you know. That's so, right. And I I was just like, I, I have thought about that day, and you, and in your experience in particular, because you know, for me. And I was down with the other end, taking care of a situation that just required constant <clears throat> maintenance and supervision. Um, and it was wonderful. I was so grateful to be part of what I was part of, and I knew you were okay. Um, but there were, there were, like, several things that came, you know. For one, the he- hearing and feeling the depth of, of your pain, it gave me such an admiration and also, a, I um, really like. It was a painful compassion, you know, because yeah. it's like you've been carrying that around for so long, yeah. And that like that was in you, yeah. And, um, and I was just like, I don't know. It's it's like such an it's such an honor. It's like that even just to say that just sounds so cliche. Like it's so special to be there when people are uncovering and opening up those parts of themselves that j- just need witnessing and need expression, and uh it's just like i I was just like, oh brian I said that <laughs> I said that several times down there I was just <laughs> oh, right! I let it go. Just let it yeah, go. And yeah. I was so afraid because when I couldn't get down there, you know, or whatever, I was just like, yeah. "Just please, nobody stop him. Please, don't mm-hmm. just let him fucking go." Yeah, you know. Yeah. It was it was really beautiful to share and be a part of.
0: Oh my gosh!
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, you know, you as you were saying that, I'm thinking the kind of like spiritual experiences we've we've had in a lot of our lives are like or like church experiences is like here's a standard and and you need to spend your life trying to approach that. You need to be here's what you need to be to be okay. Mm -hmm. That's like, you know, here are the rules, here are the, you know, here are the guidelines and try to do this. And if you don't do it, we'll let you know. (laughs) And this, like what you all are doing is like, let's let's have a spiritual community where you get to be who you really, truly, authentically are, whatever that, like whatever that is, um, like that's the standard. Like, mm-hmm. find your, find your voice, mm-hmm. find your true self, and like live that. And that's that's you know the amazing thing to me. Mm-hmm. So would
1: you would you call your experience with the mushroom? Would you classify that as a spiritual experience? Yeah. Can you I talk so. about that? Why? Because most people. I think a lot of people, anyway, would not say that was a mystical, and this is something that I have really enjoyed and also been challenged with over the years. Is when people have an experience that is like that, or that is you know frightening, or you know insanity, or whatever it is, they don't want to. People don't want to classify that as a mystical mystical experience, but I believe that it is. I believe every experience with the mushroom is a mystical experience if Kind of understood in proper context. So if you could kind of talk about how four hours of intense <laughs> sobbing
3: yeah. relates to a spiritual yeah. experience. Usually yeah. the response is like, "What the hell
0: was that? Fuck that is that. not me." <laughs> I know, because I would also say it was a therapeutic experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like that crying for four hours, like the the release and the crying for four hours could certainly be therapeutic. It certainly was therapeutic the reason why i would also say it was spiritual is that it was sort of like transcendent to me mm. like it wasn't there was a part of me in that experience that um was watching it happen and and almost like bringing myself through i also was saying nobody stop me nobody stop me this is this is powerful this is important and i don't know if that's like i don't know if i would call that god's voice or but there was a there was a there was a divine sort of part of that experience that said that knew what that knew that what was happening was bigger than just Mm -hmm. you know like a like an emotional release Mm -hmm. it was uh, that's why i think it was both Mm -hmm. and why it was also spiritual and and i think because like collective experiences of everybody once we were able to all come back together like that's what everybody that's the the common theme for everybody was that there was some wisdom there's and for me i'm still learning all this i'm just still learning the you know what this is but there's a wisdom that's greater than just us that knows how to like move us in that direction and that's that's spiritual Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so perfectly said
3: yeah that's kind of when I lost my train of thought I was thinking about Michael Pollan and like when Eric asked you like how have things been like since as far as speaking with other men and Mm -hmm. it just brought the thought to me about how um this is such an ongoing experience and with people with community and it just takes this like Ongoing practice of just letting the feelings pop up in different situations over time. Yeah. Um, and so, what had me think about that was just wondering like, after you came out of the mushroom experience, or you know, as you're kind of starting to come back into this realm here, yeah. what I want to hear more about that, like, as you started coming into the space with other people. Like that moment of kind of like, okay, stepping out of the mushroom space a little bit now.
0: While we were there. Yeah. While you were there. While we were still there. Yeah. You know, it was beautiful. I feel like I was coming. I feel like I I was a, a slow, you know, I was coming out slowly. And so most of that, the rest of that night, I could barely put words together. Um. I couldn't really explain. I couldn't really talk too much about it. But like what I felt was just the most beautiful outpouring of compassion and love. And I mean, these people like I was so afraid of 24 hours earlier are all like just like I uh, like every single person without without, uh, you know, every single person shared like a moment of just like really like loving I'm here with you. I wanted to be here. I was, I was with you through that experience like that. That was amazing to me. And so that feeling of like, I was like, I'm going to miss these people. Like I love (laughs) these people. And I also have got to say not a group like I where, where else in, in any world with that group of people, Right. found each other yeah. we we could not have been more different mm-hmm. across every spectrum yeah. you know and so that was like just beautiful
3: mm-hmm. beautiful yeah i want to insert the picture here the group picture at the yeah. end you just look mm-hmm. so yeah. free and happy i know <laughs> i know Such a good so did
1: you that that release that you had before could you feel its presence and after do you feel its absence
0: I feel its absence. I feel it. I feel, I still feel the, um, I I still feel light. I still feel a lightness that I didn't feel before. I didn't, I don't think I knew mm-hmm. before. It's like, um, like adding like just grains of sand onto your shoulders over many, many years and it gets heavier and heavier and heavier, but you don't really realize how heavy mm-hmm. it is. I just don't think I realized how heavy it it was. I think, like, all through my life, whether it's a spiritual practice or like being in therapy, all the things I was doing was to try to, you know, to um, access that and to release it. But I, but I, and I did in little ways, but just never in a way that was, you know, so big and powerful and like such an all sort of all at once to be able to like unload that much stuff so I don't think I I certainly didn't come into it thinking that I had that much Mm -hmm. to release
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. how does how do we what do we do to kind of Help this help the broader gay community.
0: Yeah, that is like that has been the question I've been carrying with me is, are really just like the like this little vision that's starting to uh, give birth, is like oh my gosh, like I'm you know my people, my community, my tribe, um with all this sort of lifetime of ostracism and you don't belong here messages um this kind of opportunity for healing and for connecting to their authentic self and there's this is powerful like this is a powerful you know ancient tool here really and um I I've I've been thinking like how do we how do we help people discover this? Well, let me ask for this first.
1: So, you know, um, with uh, Nikki on the retreat, you know, yeah. et cetera, I was like, look, I lived <laughs> in Jamaica for a minute, a bunch of black friends here in the States, they didn't tell me this is crazy white people shit. So like, yeah. I, I really respect you coming into our community and yeah. taking this risk. Yeah. But I don't know within the gay community, <clears throat> um, like how are psychedelics perceived do you have any input into like within the the broader gay community like mdma like i think there's a stereotype like molly sure. and all that but sure what's your experience there
0: yeah i don't you know i think i think there are psychedelics that have been a part of the lgbt experience certainly for gay men over the years you know um i don't but i think mushrooms psilocybin specifically i i just don't know that it has been either available or people have like it just seems maybe not and just my like sort of very casual kind of observation as i've been trying to learn more about you know the community you've built and the like what I see in online communities, I don't see a whole lot of queer people there. And so I think it it's, hasn't been discovered yet. It seems so strange it though. Does. It does. It, um, especially, I mean, I think about folks of color and I think about other marginalized communities too that um, to have like this resource, like just have this sort of, space for healing that could be so powerful i, I it's I, it's a little bit of a mystery to me although it's like one that i'm like more and more intrigued to try to tackle and, and whether that is just framing or you know i think sometimes marginalized people queer people especially we always assume we are not welcome mm. unless you like. You have to say you have to. It's like you have to say my name. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can't just say everybody's welcome. Um, mm. And that we're gonna get that. Oh, that's us too. We're mm. like, oh, that yeah. means everybody except for me. Mm. So you have to. You have to expressly. And so that's where I'm excited to maybe start to, you know, direct message a little bit. Like you are, you are welcome. This is. This is for you. Like mm-hmm. this is a place for you. This is a a medicine for you mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: we have had some <clears throat> LGBTQ folks reach out recently in our membership community and suggest that we specifically put that in our uh, code of ethics on our website. Mm-hmm. As yeah. this, as more and more people are coming out in our sanctuary membership, like, hey. By the way, <laughs> yeah. I'm gay or I'm trans That's or right. you know yeah. whatever their yeah. expression is that they've kind of kept reserved until they feel safe enough. Yep. Yeah. So um, that makes all the sense in the world. I would love to explore as you feel more comfortable with our community having yeah. some kind of workshop. Or a circle that's specifically like a call oh, that'd be
0: incredible to yeah that audience of people I, I think so too I think I think things like that do make a huge difference I think um, you know really when you and I had the phone that phone call I w- I knew I was gonna be okay because I knew that you uh, were comfortable you just express like you expressed other like relationships with gay men and your comfort with 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 queer people and like that's really the 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 message i needed to hear Mm
3: -hmm.
0: but short of having that conversation i think it is good to have like just some you you know i always say put a little pride flag on Mm -hmm. a computer monitor and i will spot it (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> 10 miles down there,
0: I'm always like, I'll find the pride flag in the room. I just, I just did. I just did
3: add it to the website. That's. I just did. Shortly, was it after the that retreat? Because, awesome. because just right around that time, within that week period, yeah. we had hands raising, like, mm. like please acknowledge mm-hmm. like this community. Yeah. And, you know, like, I've been a part of that community. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, so, it's important to me, yeah. the more and more I feel comfortable talking about my experience and relationships with other women and people and exploring yeah. that, I want to feel safe. I want my community to like know, yeah, like this is me, this is us, like we are
1: this really hits me how um you know, I just like i've I've never experienced that when someone says everyone I just know they mean me and
0: mm-hmm.
1: like how many people don't experience that you know from gay trans color um and it's it's just god it hurts to think about how many how many people just feel like they don't belong you know yeah
0: and sometimes it's um sometimes it's not true you know sometimes we do belong we just don't know we do and sometimes it's true so it's like there mm-hmm. is a it's hard to tell i would it's think it's hard to tell especially mm-hmm. in a spiritual community like yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. some churches say everyone is welcome here but that yeah I, that's not right it really is and sometimes um it is welcoming so i think like declaring i, I know mm-hmm. like the challenge one of the challenges of being an lgbt people is people don't always know you are like you you have mm-hmm. to declare mm-hmm. i mean sometimes people think you are or assume you are i mean i you know when i was well, even in elementary school people told me i was i didn't know that about myself mm-hmm. but other people were sort of assigning that identity to me but um most of us have to declare mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so when people are raising their hand um in Mm -hmm. those uh in those conversations that's beautiful because Mm -hmm. they are saying like i want to be seen and and then when they do that other people are seeing like oh i'm not the only one here like there are others Mm -hmm. so i think that is a powerful just creating spaces where people can declare that about themselves Mm -hmm. or like own that sort of show up that way Mm
1: -hmm. yeah that seems really important i've never i haven't really given that thought and seems really important. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it seems really important, you know, that we have a space for these kind of sub-communities within our community to have their own space to yes. share. Like, you know, you of course don't want to encourage segregation, but but definitely acknowledge and respect that need for, you know, shared Community shared experiences to be um, shared among people of that same kind of demographic, and and so you know we're we're real young as an organization, um, but I certainly see the day when sanctuary has a substantial LGBTQ community that you know gets together and does their thing, and also integrates with the larger community and the same thing with people of color. I mean. God, I think it's going to be significantly harder to break through into, um, you know, those populations more so. I mean, I would I would expect you would acknowledge that, you know, being a white man still affords you significant privilege. Oh, you know? yeah,
0: absolutely. Right.
1: Yeah, no, it's been over the years. I mean, <clears throat> I've worked with far more gay men and women in the psychedelic space than African-Americans. Yeah. Far more. Yeah. So I want to. Yeah, I just want to create. A, you know, that's like. I don't know. I've been saying this a lot lately because I really want to message this out to people, <clears throat> especially as Sanctuary starts growing. And you know, people people feed off of the enthusiasm of others, and very often, if we don't really know our authentic self, and we see someone enthusiastic about what they're enthusiastic about and that catches and if you don't know yourself then sometimes you think that thing is the thing you know and i just keep trying to communicate out that i I, you know i want my work the message of of my work over the course of my life to be be authentic embrace your authenticity it might not be psychedelics for you it might not be just because I'm super excited, you know, because people, you know, they're like, oh, now I want to be the psych-, you know, into psychedelics. And like, that's cool. But like, it's it's like any profession. Like, you got to really love it. You got to really, really love it to make it your life. So finding whatever it is within yourself that generates that enthusiasm, that is that authentic self-expressing. I just want to see that for everybody. And, and like, that's, that's entirely, I'm so glad that you're, Feeling that because that is the motivation behind sanctuary entirely is to give people a place where they can really feel safe to be authentic.
0: Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, completely agree. I mean, that's uh, that's where our passions intersect because, you know, in my work, I I want people to find what they're passionate about, what they love, what fills them with joy, and to then find a way to do that Mm -hmm. as much of the time as they possibly Mm -hmm. can. So I agree. I mean, it may not be that um, psychedelics is—you know—everybody doesn't have to come mm-hmm. um, live in your passion. Mm-hmm. You're you're helping them find their own passion, mm-hmm. and I think just by modeling it, I think when you just model, mm-hmm. um, this is what it's like. This is what it feels like when you connect with your higher purpose mm-hmm. and what you're supposed to do and what just absolutely like fills your bucket and fills you with joy that's like that's the greatest thing in the world mm-hmm. whatever whatever that thing is mm-hmm. i i love that i feel like i um i feel like working with my lgbt community and i've been really fortunate you know not many people get to work professionally mm-hmm. in their identity that's mm-hmm. a pretty amazing thing mm-hmm. i was the first person in kentucky to work professionally as an LGBT really? person, yeah, what? wow, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Wow, so that's really cool. I told you know I told my mom I was gonna run an LGBT center, and she was like, "They're gonna pay you for that?" So I was <laughs> like, "I know." Time's who they all who <laughs> right. Who knew? Uh, like that's an amazing thing. Yeah, uh, not everybody. Yeah, so I think not everybody has found that what that thing is for mm-hmm, them. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's what I. Yeah, that's what I get excited about. So, what are you?
1: What kind of feedback are you getting? within your community as you share your experience.
0: It's been you know, it's been so wonderful. I just think I'm I I have such a loving circle of friends who just wanted the best for me. I will say none of my friends, none of my circle of friends had mushroom experiences or knew what I was exactly talking about. Mm, really? And so there was a yeah, there was like um not a skepticism but like a like i hope you're gonna be okay call me the minute you get in the car you know like that sort of um like i don't know what you're doing um but i hope but i you know i support you there's definitely that feeling of support Mm -hmm. um but you know i'm i don't know in some ways kind of educating my circle of friends a little bit about you know what this is and what why so why after you've gotten back and shared yeah. with them
1: have they been curious about it or are they like okay well i'm glad you had that let's move on to another topic
0: or? yeah no very yeah curious and like tell me all about it um my sister i'm really close to my sister and she's just like tell me everything i want to know from start to finish and so you know that's been wonderful to have mm-hmm. a you know to also be part of a circle of friends that you know support i i I don't know that everybody has that. I don't know. I mean, I think this, there is some stigma, maybe. It's just like there's mm-hmm. stigma around LGBT identity, there might be stigma around psychedelics mm-hmm. and like, you know, that um, people have to f- navigate. You know, mm-hmm. you're kind of moving into a community that, I don't know, might be marginalized in some ways. I mean, maybe isn't like a. In
1: the past, I don't, yeah. I don't know that so much now you can say that because of the mainstreaming. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, I will say that like my family was like, you know, they were not okay with psychedelics for a long time, and then they got used to it. And then when Courtney and I became public about our polyamory, they're like, well,
3: psychedelics
1: are one thing, poly, too much. Sorry. Yeah, But,
3: <laughs> but like, if you're going to have sex with another person, don't tell your wife. Yeah, I feel like now versus 10 years ago, it's more of like a, an experience like you're talking about where people are kind of like watching and waiting, mm-hmm. like they're interested, they're curious, mm-hmm. they want to know mm-hmm. yep. about it, but they just like oftentimes don't want to be the first one in yeah. their group to mm-hmm. take the leap and find out. Yeah. Whereas 10 years ago, it was more like, a no no no, yeah. no, 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 I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear about it. It's just too weird. Yeah. No reference but now that more people are talking about it there's more media exposure about it it's like seeds Mm -hmm. have been planted yes so
0: yes
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i'm trying to think you know i i was publicly advocating for psychedelics so 2009 is when i started my mushroom farm and i was doing you know talks at bioneers and stuff and and i was advocating for psychedelics then and like when i would Bring up the subject on stage or whatever, or even just in conversation, like you could just feel people like get uncomfortable <laughs> and kind of take a step back. And now yeah. they lean into it, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So, oh, I don't, finally ever yeah. want to talk to somebody
3: about this, uh, yes. I don't, don't know who,
1: yes. The stigma yeah. is not there quite so much. We, we yeah. have been <clears throat> there's another uh, individual that I've been talking with over um, LinkedIn where we're trying to possibly create like a global psychedelic flag, because that is, it is my identity. I identify first Mm -hmm. and foremost as a psychedelic person. Yes. You know, that's, it's huge in who I am huge. So
0: I like that. Well, and that's the, so to me, I was just thinking about this as you were talking that that's the identity, that's the part of your identity that connects to, I think that connects so beautifully to the LGBT community and to
3: folks Mm. of color
0: is that you have that shared experience of, you know, sharing something about yourself and then you, there are crickets in the room, like mm-hmm. nobody wants to talk about it.
1: Well, and you don't see it now, but when I was, <clears throat> you know, I, I minored in Pan-African Studies at U L, And oh. um, when I was 20, I stopped combing my hair and grew dreadlocks in order to intentionally try to marginalize myself, you yeah. know, because I, I, I was sick of white privilege. Yeah. And, uh, and it worked. It worked it was it was very interesting <laughs> because what I noticed over time is so you know I put on dreads and they it was a mess for a long time and um once they you know kind of got longer, um I would see I would be followed through stores, you know, yeah, and so like look back a little bit because this this is a I, I feel like this is an interesting intersect here <clears throat> I grew up in Washington County, very rural. High Street is where all the black people lived. That was, you know, and um, the N word was commonplace. Um, but I always noticed that there was so much more solidarity in the African American community than there was in the the white community. Yeah. And I, I remember as a child thinking, just like, man, I wish white people could be cool with each other, each other like that. <clears throat> so when I go and put on the do the dread thing, you know. I spent some time getting followed through stores and I started noticing directly that African Americans would speak to me in public and white people wouldn't.
0: Oh yeah. They would
1: acknowledge me, they would look at me and just nod, yep. you know, and it was like I started like they can tell that I am like I can identify at least to a certain extent right. with what they face and that was such it was so powerful for me. It was, it was hard for me to cut off my locks because, um, I, 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 I don't like, I don't like identifying as a white American male. It's not. This is not. This demographic <laughs> hasn't really been, you know, super helpful to right. uh, the rest of right. the world. And, um, and and the only reason that I did cut my dreads is because if I was going to become a public psychedelic figure and I was going to help as many people as possible, then I had to go back and be the sheep in wolves clothing. Right. You know, so it's
0: interesting to be sort of accessible, I guess, so that people can, so that's not a barrier to trust me. Right. right, Okay. Yeah. And then
1: they come to me and then I like, you Know flip the script on them and yeah, fuck their whole world up. Yeah, and that's like,
3: right. oh, that's nothing's right. real. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we have this podcast, we have plenty of episodes to listen to before meeting exactly. you to find out. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That was back that was 2016 when I cut my hair when i had just first really gone public with the retreats. And I'm
0: trying to, like, you know, I'm envisioning you with dreadlocks. Yeah, it was now. not
1: pretty,
3: it's not, not a good
0: learning
1: hair. <laughs> yeah, it was. That's was, when
3: I met Eric. He had yeah, locks the, the down locks. here. That's
1: how I knew she loved oh, me because right. she she really
0: loved me.
3: She, it just doesn't work very well right
0: yeah, here at the top. The, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just kind of, I don't know, you're just kind of masquerading as a, you know, traditional
3: cis-wide cis <laughs> cis white straight man. You're 100%. 100%. That's right. Although 100%. it was... It, it was cute when you pulled your hair the locks back in a bun and well, wore a suit. Man, a then it was man, like a little
0: more
1: like oh yeah, little. <laughs> yes. It was the
3: holy corduroys and the holy nice combo, of The mushroom farmer look with the locks. Uh-huh.
1: Little far off. Yeah, the there's spectrum. there's actually I'll send you a link to the YouTube video of oh, me God. at the mushroom farm you with will, dreadlocks. God. There's a I YouTube like a, video.
0: Oh, it's, oh, okay. it's, it's too good. Yeah, okay. it's we should
3: put that see. on oh, the sanctuary God. website no, just no. to be. Just to welcome in marginalized folk. Just, just that's so you right. know, this is where the, one of the founders started.
0: Oh, goodness. Wow. So where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? That's, you know, that's interesting. Part of my own journey is I had this really powerful experience, found this amazing, beautiful group of folks. And so thinking about like what's next, mm-hmm. personally for me. Mm-hmm. Um I'm really grateful for i'm there are some like things to access with sanctuary that i'm I'm planning to so I'm coming to the weekly gatherings and um there's some opportunities to learn and grow more so that's uh, that's you know those are all part of my journey as well and then thinking about how to connect this to my you know to my tribe to my people mm-hmm. as well that's and I don't know yet i mean and mm-hmm. that's um just it's just like a a thought a little Mm -hmm. spark you know Mm a little ember Mm -hmm. Then i'm thinking about what what will happen with that um
1: well if there's any way that that i we Mm -hmm. can assist personally of course all for it Mm -hmm.
3: yeah yeah i love the idea of having um a focused like lgbtq group that meets and And just, it doesn't have to be formal, just like, Mm -hmm. you know, a circle of people that's exploring together in a, in an, yeah, in an open, open dialogue. Isn't there, I mean,
0: I, I think you facilitate like a women's circle.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have. So we have uh, the community circles, which you've been to, and those are the third Wednesday of the month. And that's our circles in person are open to the community. So you don't have to be a member. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the men's circles on the second Wednesdays of the month and the women's circles on the fourth Wednesday of the month. And there's like an occasional fifth Wednesday of the month <laughs> where we try and fill in the gaps yeah. or, you know, and other times where like, we just yeah. can't have the usual circle. So um, and once we get our own property and community center, which hopefully mm. is going to be sooner than later, we'll have a cool. lot more opportunities yes, in person. Yes. Thing. So, yes. um, yeah. If you would like to facilitate something, I, I got a really word. Cool. I
1: got a word. <clears throat> okay. And this is my I love. I love doing this. I'm gonna buy the URL right after I say it. <laughs> <laughs> Psyqueerdelic. Uh,
3: hard to spell. Right, big in the center.
1: Queer. Can we do
3: queeradelic? queer-delic? I don't know. Maybe? I like
1: psych-queer-delic, but I don't, know. it's not I mean, that. We, 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 we can work it, with this. We can work with this. This isn't it, mine. I, 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 <laughs> I put the ball out there. Y'all pick it up and do it. Run, run with it. We've got a lot of domain names. No, <laughs> <laughs> we do. I'm not, I'm not going to buy that domain. Um, but you know, like seriously, I, I would love to see in Louisville Sanctuary, be able to facilitate, you know, a space for that community. To get informed about psychedelics if that's desired and engage
0: you know i mean Mm
3: -hmm. so
1: anyway yeah be happy to help with that in any way
0: oh my gosh that's Mm -hmm. amazing yes and And, and just like
1: your experience you know we don't have to we don't really have to worry about what comes next because what comes next is going to come into existence on its own you know so just let it flow don't feel pressure everything will present itself at the right time I don't know what it is. I swear to God, I know you from somewhere. I, really? just, I keep looking. I'm like, where the fuck? I know that I remember you from. We're somewhere. We're gonna figure it out. It's gonna really be care. something really. It doesn't matter. I don't yes. really care. But <laughs> it's like it's it's striking me. It struck me at the retreat and this whole time. And it, I am like, my brain is trying to place like where the yeah. hell. Anyway,
3: the first and the fifth Wednesdays. I didn't say the first Wednesday. The first Wednesday and the fifth Wednesday, if there is one we do different yeah, circles okay so just saying
0: i think that i think those circles are pretty powerful i've only mm-hmm. i've only been to the one but i think like having a women's circle is probably a really really important thing having a men's circle mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: because there are i mean there there's a lot to learn from everybody being together. And there's a lot to learn when you sort of bring together a Mm -hmm. group of people with a shared identity. Mm
3: -hmm. One of the women at your retreat um, was not about joining a retreat with men there. It took Mm -hmm. months of her attending women's circles to feel because Mm -hmm. of her past trauma to feel like, okay, these men in this community, I'm going to try, I can do it. I feel Mm. safe enough to give it a try yeah, and so yeah it took time
0: yeah I mean that would be true for a lot of queer people as well who only you know would only go to a a gathering of other queer people I, I think a lot of folks of color probably too I for mean sure. I think we just yeah. want to be in communities that we know mm-hmm. and where we feel comfortable um so I think it's like a both you know like when you have you're bringing people together across identity but you're also creating space where people can work within their community.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just has me wondering more and more like what, you know, cis men like myself can do to break down these barriers and open things up. Or I don't, I don't know. It seems like we, you know, the collective, we have been the cause of so much of this. And um, I, I truly believe, particularly based on the, data i've been collecting over the years with the mushrooms that there is a, a powerful resurgence of the feminine and i just i just want to help help with that i don't know it's a big
3: mm-hmm. marianne 2024 <laughs> marianne. he's for getting into politics now uh, So weird.
1: I, I have never i have never I, I voted for obama in the first election And then I was like, you know what? This is just more the fucking same. This is the fucking same thing. And so, you know, I have, I, I've refused to do this. Vote for the lesser of two evils. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna fucking do Mm -hmm. it. My, my vote is a vote of no confidence, if anything. And I finally feel like there is someone a. A woman marianne williamson who can oh yeah I, most people don't even know like that's what yes. i'm saying like the established white male and i don't give a damn if they do have a mm-hmm. black gay woman mm-hmm. as the press secretary it's still the same yeah it's still the same energy the same spirit running i feel like yeah, because it's it's shutting down you know the voices that need to be heard and yep. propping up the voices that suit your agenda and I want to hear everybody's fucking voice. I want to hear, I want to hear our leaders speaking a message of love. Yeah, you know, I heard, I listened to a, a talk that she gave, or a little clip of a talk that she gave a few years back, and she was saying, you know, if all of the women went and laid down in the street and said, "No, we are not going to invade Iraq. We are not going to bomb more women and children. We are not going to destroy more cities." Yeah. Just think like that's what we need. I'm, so, we, just, we need it so bad. So much violence and war and subjugation of somebody. Just because you don't fucking understand? You know, like burning women at the stake because they fucking knew how to heal people with plants? I, it, it It is ending. It's going to end. It's, it is shifting. And I'm grateful to be part of it. And that has been one of the big, I don't know how this lands. I don't know don't. you know, like I'm saying things that I don't know how, like to say it lands necessarily. But, you know, that is one of the main takeaways that I have um, gotten out of working with gay men, particularly over the the last 10 years or so, is that the spirit of humanity is ready for some softness. It's ready for some love. It's ready for some acceptance, you know, and not and not tolerance. Like celebrating everybody for who
0: they are. Mm-hmm. No, we don't fucking tolerate each other. We love each other. We celebrate yeah. each other. Yeah, mm. yeah. You know, I think this like this idea of like toxic masculinity that we think about it hurts women, it hurts queer people, but you know what? It hurts men. Yeah, I mean, it really hurt. It it keeps men from being all of themselves from being gentle when they want to be or being like vulnerable and um, you know it hurts it hurts all it sort of hurts all of us but
1: it hurts the men first and then they hurt women and, and then, then they hurt you know that's others right. that's right I, I know I know we're shifting I know that psychedelics are coming back into the mainstream and the zeitgeist in order to help bring about that balance and uh, I just you know like you're your suffering over all these years wasn't for nothing. Yeah. It wasn't for nothing. And I really thank you for being yourself, accepting yourself who you are, because you are helping to change
0: this world. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yep. I, I feel that too. I feel like um, it's not suffering in vain and it's not suffering if you um, can help other people heal so that's i'm grateful i mean that's how i feel about you all though um Mm. like i'm so grateful to both of you for i know it's a sacrifice i know what you do is like hard hard work but oh my goodness in service of something so important i mean it's just amazing
3: thank 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 you you. yeah we have a lot of people to thank including Mm -hmm. yourself Mm -hmm. people that have stepped out um just And it doesn't even have to be in the psychedelic realm, but I mean what you did in your late 20s to Mm. say like, you know, this is me. And I'm going to just take – I'm just going to – I'm going to jump off the cliff. And I'm going to just Mm -hmm. see what happens because at the end of the day, like, you're you. yeah, You are a creation of the all that is. And that is so perfect. And that is – we're continuing to do the work of people like yourselves and so many other people who've come before us. Mm-hmm. So oh, thank really you. Grateful.
0: Yes. You and let's like, I mean, also appreciate that team of folks who are there mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. deeply. Like, mm-hmm. What an amazing group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, beautiful, beautiful people. Every one of them just kind and mm-hmm. generous. and
1: Yeah. We got a good, good mm-hmm. bunch of people. Yeah, it really. You did. know, I, I did used to say, I, for, I forgot about that until just now here, that there were times when I would speak publicly um, in the early 2000s about psychedelics. And, uh, and I would say publicly, I think that the psychedelic movement needs to take cues from the um, LGBT movement and just, this is who we are yeah and i i just i love like the courage I, I mentioned to you i think ross blechner this uh uh gentleman that I worked with in Jamaica who was uh you know in New york in the height of the AIDS crisis and he and uh just thinking about i mean in the eighties you were one of them and the people that were coming out like that yeah threat you know it was life threatening it was, it was yes. life threatening yes so that's the the symbol that that is for so many other people mm-hmm. to stand up and claim their authenticity. It's just so touching, so powerful.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's still you know, and still is in some ways life threatening. I mean, mm-hmm. there's like mm-hmm. the moment and t- talk about like needing love in our in this in this moment and in our political systems. Mm-hmm. You know, there is such a such a hateful. Mm-hmm movement right now especially around trans people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to um take away their health care to Mm. keep them out of schools to not let them you know for god's sakes not to let trans girls play sports if they want to like these are like kids who want to play ball and Mm -hmm. um and it's you know we i just i think like in um in um these movements we just see like this pendulum swing and the pendulum is swinging Mm -hmm toward a really hateful place right now it's a really difficult dark moment in some ways so that's why it's even more important that people find like that source of light Mm -hmm. that's that source of hope for themselves and like that you know they're who they they are at their core because Mm -hmm. right now people are really you know building a movement off of dismantling trans identity mm-hmm. in a way i've just haven't seen in a long time a,
1: a centering for everything you know like that's our we are so polarized in politics and religion and socially and so the more we can just kind of bring it back to like we're all in this together yeah we're all in this together
3: the circles that we have um that is such an important part of them and something that i'm so grateful for eric for Like leading the way in this and integration circles in Jamaica and bringing that this mentality back here to sanctuary of we are different and we are going to see things differently as individuals and bring that with compassion Mm -hmm. to the circles and let's practice listening to each other Um, because it has been you know not a rare occurrence where it comes out that people are admitting like I'm racist or I'm homophobic and I like, or I did this like horrible thing to someone. Oh, there was a, it's, you know, when we can learn to practice communicating these things with each yeah. other, like yeah. that, I feel like yeah. that is a sweet spot in yeah. growth. So. Yeah.
1: I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I was to say there was actually a pretty powerful conversation at the retreat among several um, white men about, you know the history of racism and how much it had marred, um, you know, their, our perspective, and how yeah. it's in a recovery period. I mean, I, I, I still consider myself like in recovery from racism. I grew of up as a yeah. you know as fucking blatant racist. Yep, and uh, it wasn't until I moved to Louisville and I started thinking very differently, you know, and especially like I never met a, a gay man or woman until we moved to Louisville in my twenties and i remember thinking like this guy's cool as shit what the <laughs> fuck like i mean i've yeah. i've always i like think i mentioned to you i've felt safer in gay communities yeah. than hetero for sure as a psychedelic person who yeah. is you know uh centered on like ethiopian studies and shit <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
0: absolutely yeah uh, absolutely because you know that in those communities they share that experience of being misunderstood Mm -hmm. i mean that's what you know that's why i ran to nikki Mm -hmm. you know Mm when when i got out of the car because Mm -hmm. i knew this i knew this person would um understand my trepidation Mm -hmm. you know my Mm -hmm.
1: feeling
2: scared
0: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Well, I think two
1: hours is probably good. (laughs) (laughs) I've got more. There's more. I've got more I'd like to talk about, but we'll save it for another day, maybe. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I love it. Thank
3: you so much for coming over here and sharing your story. Oh, my goodness. Just doing it with with love Mm -hmm. and, yeah, intentions of spreading that to other
0: people. It's an absolute (laughs) thrill. I'm so excited to do it. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, our pleasure
0: so go ahead you
3: oh know. oh almost missed out on that um <laughs> what does uh psilocybin say to you brian
0: oh i love this psilocybin says to me that who i really am is love mm. at the core it at the at the innermost part we're just love um and I think um, it's helping me remember that. Perfect. I
1: love that Beautiful. you said we. Yes. Right. First you said me, and then you said we. Yeah. Because I think even um, the oppressors, if we use that word, yeah, they are love in a shell of fear. Yep. I really believe that every human being at the very center, that everything, that love is at the center of it. That's and right. It's trauma or abuse or it's it's fear that creates these barriers and walls that we put up. And uh, so, yeah.
0: I, I deeply believe that. I think it's the way I've done, I've tried to do my work is to remember the most adamant, you know, anti-LGBT person is at the end of the day also someone who's experienced hurt Mm -hmm. you know oppressors are also often oppressed Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. if I can remember that I can remember there's a there's a core of love in that person that they just haven't accessed yet I can deal with them in a really different way Mm -hmm. you know they're not that. so I don't have to think about them as the enemy I just Mm -hmm. think about them as also someone carrying around you know, a lot of hurt. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah.
1: Thanks so much, Brian. Yeah.
3: Thank, thank you. you all.